life. We're all in it together. There's nothing I can say that will explain it for you. Let's make it the best we can. Sooner or later, you're going to realize, just as I did, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking. Someone has to stop him. It's time for The Marshall Plan, a positive look at our world and how to make it better with your host, Steve Marshall. Chapter two of the Marshall Plan. Thank you so much for uh, coming back. That means you are at least interested enough in where this is going to where you've decided to pop back for yet another chapter. Of my little podcast here. I do appreciate it. All right, so what are we going to be talking about today? Well, this has been bugging me, so I thought I would bring this up, and I want to start talking about this a little bit, and I don't even know where this is going to go for sure. I just, it's just been something I've been thinking about, and that's really what I want this podcast to end up being at some point. I'm, I'm going to have guests and things like that, but for the moment, it's just things that I find interesting. And then I'm going to give my little spin on them. And if you like what I say, great. If you don't, that's okay, too. So the last couple of weeks I've seen... All right, this it started uh, about two weeks ago. I saw a, a meme that was making its rounds on social. And it was mostly from my... I hate to categorize people like this, and I don't mean to just make this a political thing because it is not just a political thing, but it tends to be people of this political bent that feel this way. So therefore... A lot of my conservative friends <laughs> or family members feel this way. So anyway, uh, so the one thing that that uh, got me thinking about this was there was a meme going around and it was a split screen and one part of the screen was a scene from, I believe it was Easy Rider, the movie back in the 60s with Dennis Hopper and all of them. And it's uh, two biker guys back in the 60s and they got their choppers and they're like riding and they're, you know, leather jackets and the bandanas and the whole thing. And then below it or on the other part of the screen, there was these two guys on a scooter together, uh, pretty close together. And the basically the caption that people were putting this was like this crap has to stop or, you know, we need to get back to the way it used to be or something like that, implying that the two guys that were on the scooter together, those aren't real men. Those are just, oh God, are they gay? Oh my goodness. I mean, that was the implication that somehow the two guys on the motorcycles were more manly than the two guys that were on the scooter. Now, it brings up a whole bunch of questions from me, at least, part of which is how do we how do we describe strength? How do we look at strength, not only in men, but in people? But then what do we say when we say like he's a real man? And I've heard a lot of people do this. You, you've got politicians that are doing this. They're going around saying, well, we preferred when men were really men and, you know, women were really men, women. And I assume what they mean by that 
is that they prefer the gender stereotypes that we've all perpetrated over the years and we've all, you know, at some point ultimately decided. And a lot of these folks would prefer that the way of the 1950s is the way it's always been, which men were clean cut and had short hair and did not wear earrings and wore suits around all day. And ladies, you were dainty and you wore dresses and you crammed your poor little feet into those crappy, shitty, high heeled shoes that you attempted to walk around all day in. And you spent your day taking care of the children and and cooking and cleaning and doing nesting motherly things. Right. That that's that's what uh, these folks are implying. That's what they would like. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. That's when America was good. So it got me thinking a lot about this. Like, what is a man? How do we when we say a real man, what do we mean? Well, the cliched version is what we just discussed, which is a man is strong and he's powerful and he says what he means and he means what he says and that kind of <laughs> that kind of stereotype i guess men don't cry you don't show emotion you don't get in touch with your feelings that is a man. Now, I, I realize I'm being a little overdramatic and I realize that I'm totally generalizing and stereotyping myself by saying that the people that think like this, this is the way all of them think. That, that's not what I'm getting at. It's just something that I find interesting. What, how do we qualify a man? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I cry at the drop of a hat. I am way more emotional than my girlfriend. Way more emotional. I'm sorry, fiance now, we're engaged. So I am way more emotional than her. And I'll, we'll be watching a TV show and she'll look over at me and I'll just, you know, I get the waterworks going and she, she'll just go, you're so cute. You just, you cry at everything. It's so cute. And I'm over there thinking to myself, well, I'm glad you find it cute and not annoying because <laughs> frankly, I annoy myself sometimes. So I'm surprised I don't annoy you, but that I, that's how I am. And I hate God. I hate bringing politics into this because as soon as I say something and mention a, I'll say a, a political buzzword, people that do not agree with whatever I'm saying or or that buzzword is a trigger for them are automatically going to tune out, in at least in their own heads, and they're not going to pay attention to anything I'm saying after that. So I don't mean to make this political, but to make the point, I have to bring this kind of thing in. So there was also, and I just saw a picture of this about a week or so ago on social media too. And I'm sure you saw this all during the election cycle and the whole thing. People were taking Donald Trump's face and like photoshopping him onto, let's say, Arnold Schwarzenegger's body or Sylvester Stallone from Rambo or something like that. You know, a very muscular, in shape dude. Sometimes he had like the machine gun belts. I don't know what the hell those are called around him. And again, to imply that Trump is a manly man, he's a tough man. He's a doughy bastard. Let's be honest. That man is so out of shape and I'm surprised he hasn't had a heart attack or something yet. The point is, that's how they wanted to see him because that's the way people believed in people like that is he's a man. He's tough. He's a tough guy. He talks tough and he is tough. He's not tough. He talked tough. There's a huge difference between talking tough and being tough. And then again, what is tough? Does tough mean, oh, do what we say or we're going to kick your ass? Is that tough? Is not showing emotion tough? 
is not having compassion or empathy for another human being. Is that what we consider to be tough? I'd say like half the country, maybe slightly less than half the country probably thinks so, at least in the political sense. I like talk t- tough talking presidents. Reagan was a tough talking president. I liked Reagan back in the 80s. I was young, but I liked him. And how does that how has that changed over the years? Now, we can go too far the other way. And that's where I think personally, I feel this and this is where I feel like I live, at least in my personality and and my emotional state and all that. I'm like right in the middle. Yes, I'm super emotional. I can I cry all the time. But, you know, in most cases, Mr. America, step up and I'll still whoop your ass. Does that make me tough because I can whoop your ass or does it make me tough because I can cry and I can show emotion and I can show empathy and sympathy for other people? Personally, I think if you're in touch with your emotions and you have no problem talking about them and showing them off and all of that, to me, that is more tough than being able to beat the crap out of somebody or just talking like a badass. And again, I can do both. I can, I'll kick your ass if you want me to. And I can also be sympathetic and empathetic and cry and show emotion. I will say this. It's literally been maybe the last year and a half or so. The pandemic, I mentioned this in chapter one, the, the pandemic has given me a lot of time to do reflect on myself and my life. And it tends to happen when you get to be middle-aged. I think that's why they call it a midlife crisis. <laughs> but it's not a crisis. It, it's really, it's it's been the most beneficial thing for me. The last year and a half for me personally has really been a, a good time because yeah, being locked in the house might've sucked, but it gave me a lot of time to reflect on myself and my decisions and things like that. And now I'm able, and as emotional as I was in the sense that I would cry at the drop of a hat, now I am more capable to be able to share my feelings, not just cry when a sad commercial or a TV show or something like that is on, but share my feelings about, hey, you know what? Um, I just want to let you know that this is kind of bugging me right now and whatever this might be at the moment. And I just wanted you to know that that's, you know, that whatever this is, whatever that I'm thinking about, this is making me feel bad. And, you know, and then having a discussion about it without getting shitty, without getting nasty, without things just, you know, getting into an argument or anything like that. And that's where I just, the fact that I have a partner in my life that, that helps me do that and listens without judgment, without input, which you'll just listen is fantastic. So what does that make me weak because I am more capable now of speaking my truth, of using my voice to express how I feel? I don't think so. What what makes somebody tough? I have friends that are all walk of life. I have friends that are part of the LGBTQ community, uh, friends that are good, very good friends that are gay, uh, friends that are trans. These people that have had to put up with a lot of things through their lives because they felt bad about being who they were, to me, those people who have accepted who they are, who have then come, not only come to terms with it, but figured out a way to live their life according to their own plan, that shows way more strength than being fake and suppressing your emotions and pushing it down and pretending to be something you're not and trying to impress people by living the way you think that society or trying to live your life uh, in a way that society or other people feel like you should live that that's not strong 
that's giving in and we all do it we've all done it i've done it you've done it we've all done it to some degree we we as the japanese proverb says something to the effect of there's three faces that we have there's the face we show the world there's another face that we show to our friends and our close friends and family and then there's our true face which is the face we really only know of ourselves and i would venture I, i would go even further and say i don't think most of us even know that face all that well most of us don't i'm just now starting to learn my own crap and figure myself out so we've all got different faces that we show the world and we pretend this and we pretend that and we want to fill in here's one of the things i'll share one of my one of the things that i've you know that i've discovered about myself um and this is the first time i'm I'm talking about this i'll say openly and i don't really care i don't think do i do i care i do care actually probably but that's okay uh anyway so my my soon-to-be stepdaughter although she doesn't call me stepdad she calls me half dad which i think is much nicer anyway so the six-year-old charlotte she likes to uh, paint my nails you know little kids little girls they like to paint nails and things like that well she likes she thinks it's fun to paint my fingernails my toenails and my fingernails so i let her do it and then after you know i i don't because i don't care i think it's fun and so then after the fact there was like she did it a couple times and then i started looking and i'm going you know i'm kind of digging this a little bit who's to say men can't paint their fingernails why why is that a thing so yes the last couple of times i've gone and got manicures i've actually had color not i'm not going all bright and cheery pinks or anything that's not my thing anyway i'm doing matte black matte gray things like that matte colors but they're usually black and gray like my soul and so i like it i love it i think it's fantastic it's kind of rock star looking i think but that's just me now some other people are going to go oh you paint your finger and toenails that's so not a manly thing to do why why is that not manly i remember when i got my first earring when i was like 17 18 years old and back in the day now this is gonna totally date me a little bit but back in the day when when men would get their ears pierced if back in the 80s and it was you had to get if you were only gonna have one earring you had to have it in your left ear because that was the running joke that now that i look back i'm like god we were so stupid but the the thing was you had to get the earring in your left ear otherwise people might think you're gay Right. Even it, it cracks me up to even just say that now because it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid to even think that. But at the time, that's that was the societal thing. You get your earring in your left ear. So when I got my first earring and then a couple of years later, I got another earring in my right ear and then I got a second piercing in my left ear. So I've got three earrings, had them for years. I don't even think about them anymore. But there are people out there that do not believe that men should wear earrings. They men should not have long hair, even though the, the ironic part is every picture you see of Jesus, he's got long hair. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember Jesus having an army crew cut. I just I haven't never seen a picture like that before so if you know of a picture of army jesus please share it with me because i would like to see that but no jesus had long hair he was a rocking hippie man i mean if you believe that men should fit a certain stereotype and that's what makes a man tough the whole old school john wayne image of things well i talk tough and i'll slap that smile off your face he was an actor he was an actor Donald Trump's a politician. I No, he's not a politician. Okay, fine. He's an actor too. Kind of. Talking tough does not make you tough, and being tough does not make you a man. There is no one definition for what a man is. If Harry Styles wants to wear a dress on the cover of Vogue, God bless him and who gives a shit, and why does it impact you at all? 
So why do you even care? Why? Why do you care if I paint my fingernails? Why do you care if somebody who was, okay, genetically born a male or a female decides at some point in their life that they identify more as the opposite sex? Why does that bother you? It doesn't impact you at all, at all. And even from a uh, even from just a a, a straight ahead gay marriage perspective, I, I've had this discussion many times with people, and that can be this could be a whole other show, <laughs> and I'll, I'll have my friend on. But it's like I'll have my buddy who's married and they have a baby and the whole thing, and they're super cute. It, it's I I you know this has been a whole thing. But like, why does two people, two men or two women, why why does that bother people if they want to legally be bound to each other? Well, because God said, I don't get, I'm not talking about religion. Put your religion on the damn shelf for a second. This has nothing to do with that. This is about legalities. And if two grown ass adults who are consensually wanting to join themselves, if they want to join themselves legally, who cares? It does not affect you. Why do you care what they do? Shut the fuck up, pardon my language, and just roll with it. And if you don't like it, don't look, don't pay attention, don't read stories. But see, that's the other thing. So many people are just consumed with drama. This is going to be an upcoming show. This is going to be chapter three. This is going to be chapter three. People who are addicted to drama because you know who you are. You know who you are. When things seem to be going, quote unquote, too well for too long, you have to do something to screw things up and create drama. Or you focus on other people's drama in their life. Therefore, you don't have to focus on your own bullshit in your life. So that's going to be chapter three. So I paint my fingernails. I'm emotional. And frankly, if I can be a little cocky for a second, I'm tough as hell. Ask my six foot four, 350 pound friend who will tell you I can whoop ass with the best of them if I have to. So what identifies somebody as a man and strength has nothing to do with any of the things that we've decided that it does. It has everything to do, in my little humble opinion, with being true to yourself, whatever that may be, because I don't know what goes on in your head. I don't know the things that you've been through. I may know bits and pieces because you're a friend of mine or a family member or what. There's things about me my family does not know. They're never going to know it because I've chosen to not let them know these things. We all need our little things that we keep to ourselves. That's okay. So before we start judging people, how about we take a look at ourselves and decide if we are living our best lives and if we're being authentic and true to ourselves because that, my friends, is where true strength lies. Thanks for stopping by for chapter two of the Marshall Plan. Chapter three, next week, addicted to drama? I don't know. Are you? Talk then.